And um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start in Genesis, okay? And we're just going to go through the, New, the Old Testament. I've taught here now for years, and I've taught every book in the New Testament at least once, maybe some twice. But there's a lot of books in the Old Testament that I have not taught. I've taught bits and pieces out of the Old Testament. But it, it really is interesting. The Old Testament has a... It has something to offer us, all right? A lot of people think that the Old Testament is archaic and that it is, uh, you know, it's, it's behind the time, we don't need it anymore, etc. But what the Bible says, what God says to us is this, is that the Old Testament was given to us for our learning. And part of our learning is so that we don't make the same mistakes the people in the Old Testament made. Because we're going to see their mistakes are quite, quite vivid. Um, remember something about the Old and the New Testaments, okay? Is that the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. What we're going to be looking for, what I want to do with you guys is this. Is that I want to try to fish every nugget we can get out of this book, out of the, the books of the Old Testament. It's interesting because just the book of Genesis alone contains a lot of doctrine. Let me give you some examples. It contains the origin of the universe, of mankind, of the earth. It contains the doctrine of right man, right woman, dispensations, sin, death, Redemption, divine institutions, laws of establishment, nations, civilization, and it's most certainly a, a, a discussion of the nation of Israel. In chapters 1 to 11, we see it, it, it's, it concerns itself with the age of the Gentiles. In chapters 12 to 50, we see the age of the Jews, specifically one family. Can you name the family? Abraham. Abraham. You, and you're right too. Okay. Yes. And there's one more. Joseph. Yeah. So, and we're going to see in these families, you know, of course, the, the establishment of the nation of Israel and God's plan for mankind. You know, it's, it's very sad because the the main concept of the book of Genesis is God's blessing for man and man's failure to appropriate grace. The book of Genesis contains five satanic attacks. First attack is distortion of doctrine in, in Genesis chapter 3 when he tells Eve, did God really say that? The second thing that we see is he attacks the laws of divine establishment. I'm going to go over that with you. That's in Genesis 3. Some of the things about divine establishment that you'll want to know is one of the things that God gave us as humans is free will. He gave us a right man, right woman. He gave us... Uh, uh, the, the law of nationalism, and all those things come under attack by Satan. So, so Genesis is kind of like the book of beginnings. And it's interesting because we're going to study about beginnings. I probably have, in the last week, I would say somewhere on 12 hours of study into the first two verses. And I feel that I don't even know them like I should, okay? That's how much is just there in the first two verses. Um, so the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. Exodus is the book of deliverance, where mankind is rescued from failure. Leviticus, which is a book that uh, most people think is boring, okay? It's the book of worship. 
It's the book of worship. It's, it's interesting because it, it gives us the relationship of God to man. And we're going to explore that too. Um, then you've got numbers, which is man going in reverse. Okay, reversionism, away from God. And then, of course, you've got Deuteronomy, which is God's laws for mankind. Now, let's just read the first few verses. In fact, let's read the first two verses to start with, okay? It says here, in the beginning, all right, God created the heavens and the earth. Stop there, because that is completely separate from verse 2. That, verse 1, is a story in and of itself. And we'll, and we'll look at that. Verse 2, he says, now, and this could be translated but. But the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I will give you the King James Version uh, of some of these words also, because that's when I study, I my concordance is written in the King James. It's dialed into the King James. So uh, some of you, how many of you have King James Version? Okay, well, quite a few. I'm. No, I mean using it. How many of you are using King James tonight? You reversionists, you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and the King James is very interesting. The only thing about the King James is that, uh, and, and, and like the New International too, is sometimes the wording isn't as clear as it should be. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this is speaking about the universe. Okay, God creates the universe. Now tell me, when was the beginning. First of all, did God have a beginning? No. Okay, so there is no beginning with God and there is no ending with God. Okay? Did the universe have a beginning? Did mankind have a beginning? Okay. So, the pro- one of the problems is is that we don't know when the beginning was, all right? In fact, this word in the Greek, in the beginning, could be better translated in eternity past, okay? In eternity past, because in eternity past, somewhere, God created the universe, God created the angels, God created mankind, God created the plants, the animals, etc., etc. Now, one thing I think that you'll find interesting is this. In the beginning, God created. The word for God here is Elohim. Now, you've all heard that word before, right? Elohim. Did you know that the I am on the end of Elohim is plural? So this is a plural word. So does that mean that there are gods? No, no. What it means is this, is that the Godhead, okay, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, of course the Word being Jesus Christ, they were all involved in creation. Alright? The Father thought the plan up. The Son executed the plan, and the Holy Spirit revealed the plan. And I want to go through some scriptures with you. This is all kind of going to be introduction today. Um, Introduction with um, a little savory sauce over it, I suppose. Let me say this too, okay? There is a lot of controversy uh, about the Bible. There's controversy about what happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. There's controversy of what happened in Genesis chapter 6, before the flood. So there are controversies. So what I'm going to do with you is I will try to 
explain the different points of view, all right? That and, and, and many of the different points of view are, are pretty intellectual. I mean, there's some very smart people, uh, commentators, etc., going all the way back to, you know, just shortly after uh, Christ died that have different opinions about what this means. Now, let me say this too. So, first of all, when we see in the beginning, the word the, which is a definite article, is not there in the original. So this would be better, more accurately translated, in beginning. Okay, in beginning. Not the beginning. In beginning, God, or the Godhead, okay, created. Now this word created here, there's three words for created uh, that we use in the Bible. This first word is bara, and it means to create something out of nothing, okay? Then there is another word that means to form something, all right? We're going to see that God formed, all right, the topography of the earth so that it could be inhabited. Because right now, in verse 2, it says, now, or but, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There's some stuff in here that will kind of blow your mind, okay? And we're going to get to it today. Now, so in the beginning, it says, God created. Keep your finger there and turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, okay, verse 1. And this is a identical, if you will, scripture, only it's in the New Testament, to what we're reading in the Old Testament. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning. What's the beginning? Okay. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Okay, now look at that for just a minute, would you? And I'm going to have you interacting on some of this stuff, because I want you to... I want you to think about this. Does this even make sense to you? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. What beginning are we talking about here? Okay, so you're saying creation. Okay. Okay, so you think it's from before creation. Okay, so, you, go ahead. Okay. Here's what we. Here's how we could translate this. Okay. In the beginning, which was no beginning. In the beginning, which was no beginning. The Word uh, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning that had no beginning. <laughs> okay? Because in this situation right here, there is no beginning. God existed. He preexisted everything. He, he's always been. Jesus Christ, His Word, has always been. So there is no beginning here. It's just the way that this is worded. And in Genesis chapter 1, it's kind of the same thing. In the beginning, which is no beginning, God created. Now, so let's, let's think about some things here. The, in John 1, 1, it's the words is N-R-K, okay, which means eternity past, a beginning which was not a beginning, it's creation, 
God existed in eternity past and creation happened somewhere in eternity past. Now, the first thing that we know is that God existed. Okay? The second thing that we know is that God created the universe. Now, did he create angels before he created or after he created the universe? Now, see, that's something we don't know. Okay, we just don't know. In the beginning, God, or the Godhead, created something out of nothing, i.e. the heavens and the earth. Everything from uh, verse 2 forward talks about the earth, not the universe, okay, the earth. So in verse 1, we're talking about the universe. Now, let's read, I'm going to read you some scriptures, okay, so... God the Father planned creation. I'm going to read, and you don't have to turn to this. If you want to write it down, you can. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'll be in verse um, 6. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Listen to what it says. I'm going to start in verse um, 5. For even if there are so-called gods, with a small g, a small g, whether in heaven or on earth, and here in parentheses it says, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, all not capital letters, okay? Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. So Paul uses the same terminology for God the Father as he does for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, are there small gods and small lords? Yeah, there are, aren't there? People make all kinds of things gods and lords. And, you know, the one thing that you do not want to forget is the unseen realm of angels. Okay? Now, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. Let's go there for just a minute. Isaiah chapter 14. Now, this is a dual prophecy, okay? It's a dual prophecy regarding the king of Tyre, or king of Babylon, excuse me, and Satan, or Lucifer. Look what it says here in 14.12, Isaiah 14.12. Now, this passage is referring to Lucifer. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. Do you remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 18? I saw Satan being cast down. Yeah. You've been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Now, it gives us a direct insight into Satan's mindset. The five I wills. He says this, You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. In other words, I'm going to rule angels. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. That's where God resides. In other words, I'm going to usurp God's throne on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. Verse 14, I will ascend above the tops 
of the clouds. In other words, I'm going to rule the earth. I will make myself like the Most High. In other words, he craves worship, doesn't he? But, verse 15, you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a desert. Who overthrew its cities and would not let his captives go home. Now, go with me to Isaiah since we're already there. Isaiah 45, 18. Okay? And these probably should be... You know what? Uh, before you do that, let me see. Go to uh, Ezekiel... Go, to, go with me to Ezekiel chapter 28. Okay, sorry about that. Ezekiel is past Jeremiah. Ezekiel 28. Well, evidently more than once, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we, hopefully we can figure that out. Now, in Ezekiel 28... This is a prophecy against the king of Tyre. This is also a dual prophecy. Go to verse um, 11. Okay? Ezekiel 28, 11. Here's what it says. The word of the Lord came to me, speaking to Ezekiel. Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Now, look at this carefully because this, again, this is a dual prophecy and this cannot apply to an earthly king. This has got to apply to Satan. It says, now this is a quote from from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, and emerald, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed speaking of Lucifer now, as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Verse 16, through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God. God fired Lucifer from his job. What was his job? He was a guardian cherub. He was right there uh, as part of the, the cherubs that guarded the throne of God. He was probably an equal with Michael the archangel and Gabriel the archangel, okay? Now... So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. It described his beauty up there in verses 13 on to verse 15. It says, Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom. Because of your splendor, so I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you, and it consumed you, and I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching all the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have become a horrible, you have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Satan will come to a horrible end 
in the lake of fire. Of course, that's going to be his destiny. Now go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, 45, 45, 18. Thank you. Somebody's listening. How did you? Now, look at Isaiah 45, 18. Are you all there? Okay. Here's what it says. It says, for this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. This word created here is the word bara. It means to create something out of nothing. The word God here is Elohim, so it's plural. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty or vain, but formed it to be inhabited. Now this is going to come in very interesting as we get into chapter 1, verse 2 of Genesis. So let's look at this verse for just a minute, okay? For this is what the Lord says, for he who created the heavens. So we're talking about the universe here, okay? He is God. He is the Godhead. He who fashioned, fashioned is the word jatsar, and it means to fashion something on the exterior, okay? What did God fashion on the exterior? Well, he fashioned, if you were talking about the earth, he fashioned the topography, did he not? Okay, you know, he fashioned the topography so that it would be uh, amenable to human life. Now, it says, and made the earth. Now, it's interesting because we, we look at this verse and we think, oh, for this is what the Lord says. He created the heavens. He is God. He fashioned and made the earth. He founded it. But these are all different words in the Hebrew. All of them. The word for made the earth is asa, and it means to make something out of existing materials. Or it means to founded or found. It means to established, okay? What does this mean when we say God established the earth? First of all, he created the universe, right? Okay? He created the universe. He fashioned um, the topography and made the earth or founded it. What this means is this in the original language has the idea of stabilization. He stabilized the earth on its axis, in its orbit, in its seasons, etc. The earth, you know, the earth will not be destroyed ever until God decides to destroy it. So we can talk about, you know, asteroid came within uh, 150,000 miles of the earth or whatever, but the earth is not going to be destroyed until God decides to, to do it, okay? So, for this is what the Lord said, he created the heavens or the universe, he is God, he who fashioned the topography, he made and made the earth, or formed it, he put it on its axis, he founded it, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. Now, doesn't this fly in the face of Genesis chapter 1, verse 2? Let's look at that. Genesis 1, 2. Now, it says here, he did not create it to be empty or vain or chaotic, but formed it to be inhabitant, inhabited. Now, in chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Now, or but, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, what's going on here? Let, yes, Correct? That's a really good question. So let's talk about that for just a minute, okay? So, God has created the angels, 
right? And the angels were created with free will. They were created to serve God, yes? And there are rankings of angels. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, you can see what it says. It says some are principalities, some are powers, some are rulers of the darkness, and those are all ranks of angels, all right? Um, now, when Satan sinned in, as, as evidenced by Ezekiel chapter 28, what we read, and Isaiah chapter 14, first of all, what was his sin? Pride. Yeah, I mean, here was this powerful, beautiful, created being that somehow got wind of how beautiful he was. Maybe he looked in the crystal sea or something, right? He was anointed, God anointed him. And what did he do? He decided he wanted to be God. That's what he decided. He wanted to be God. Did he not? What did he say to Eve? If you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will become like God. What is the premise for many of the false doctrines and cultish doctrines from time immemorial to now? And that's this, you can become gods. Wouldn't you like to be a god? Be happy I'm not a god. Because I'll be zapping somebody. Okay? Wouldn't be Jim either. That guy can cook, man, I'm telling you. So, what do we got here? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, you know, first of all, they have power. Okay, they have power. Well, so how do they fight? Do they, do they wrestle? Jacob wrestled with an angel, didn't he? Isn't that what it says? Maybe they have wrestling matches. I don't know. Well, I doubt, well, I think Satan breaks all the rules, so I think that we're safe to assume that. A cage? Cage fighters? No. You know, I think that if we knew what the angelic realm was like, we would know what they fight with because they fight with very powerful weapons. And I can't tell you what they are, um, but they do fight. What did, what did it say in Daniel when uh, Gabe, uh, the archangel Michael said, I have to go, I'm going to go fight against the prince of Persia. He was going to go fight the demonic angel that was assigned to the nation of Persia at that time. Of course, Persia's Iran. Or, yeah, Iran. So, Iran probably still has that same angel, evil angel assigned to it. He never left. He never left. Right. Now, so when was Satan cast out of heaven? So let's think about this for just a minute. Okay, when Satan sinned, it says in Ezekiel that God banished him, didn't he? Cast him out. Where did he cast him? To the earth, right? Isn't that what it says? It says that in one or two or three places. Okay, so Satan was cast to the earth, but Satan still had access to coming before God in the heavens as his role as an accuser. What did he do with Job? Okay. The sons of God came before the Lord, and this is what happened. Okay. So for some reason, God decided to let Satan have continued access. Now, the scripture that you referred to in Revelation, I think is probably the final 
banishment of Satan from heaven is where God says, don't come back, okay? Just don't come back. Because, and what does it say right after that? It says, Satan was furious because why? He knew his time was short, right? Now, then, so let's talk about some, some, um, some possibilities here. First of all, does God create anything imperfectly? Are you sure? Thank you. Okay, so God doesn't create imperfect things, does He? Okay, which means that God doesn't create empty things or vain things or vanity. So when we look at this verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Okay. Now, this word formless and empty has the connotation of chaotic. The earth was chaotic. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Let me ask you this. Where does darkness come from? God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Right? 1 John 1.5 Okay, so darkness does not come from God. God is light. Darkness would be the absence of light, would it, would it not? Okay, so we got a problem here. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we've got waters here. Okay, This is the earth. We're speaking about the earth here. And this word hovering is a very interesting word. It's the word rakaf in the Hebrew. And it, it has the same connotation as a hen brooding over a, her eggs. Or, or a hen incubating her eggs. So what was the Holy Spirit doing hovering over the waters? Well... Let me, let me say this, okay? Gosh, there's so many things we want to do here. This is hard. I'm telling you, this is, this is going to be hard to... I hope that I can tie this all together for you, okay? Here is a theory, all right? Now, this is a pretty valid theory, but nevertheless, it is a theory because it's not exactly provable by the Word of God. I'm going to tell you what it is. So God created the universe, right? Angels were created. And we don't know at what point in time the universe was created or at what point in time the angels were created. But it was certainly prehistorical. It was pre-Adamic. It was, it was before mankind, right? Okay. Satan sins. He's prideful. He decides he wants to be God. He decides he wants to have angels under his authority. He decides he wants his throne to be up on the mount of God where God sits. He decides he wants his kingdom to be above the clouds. The Bible does say that he is the prince and power of the air. Is that not right? Okay. And God says, oh, you think so, huh? Well, I don't think so. You're gone. Out of heaven. Now, it might not have been that simple. There's probably a fight. They have free will. Angels have free will. They can fight. They can rebel. If we understand Revelation correctly, he took a third of the angels with him. Now, a third of the angels would be millions and millions of angels. Just the third part. Okay? Now, where, if their home was in heaven, where did they get cast to? The earth, right? So the earth, I, I'm just, this is a theory now, I'm just, okay, 
I want you to think about this. So if God creates things that are perfect and beautiful, then we have to assume that the earth was created perfect and beautiful, right? What is one name for Satan? Apollyon. What does Apollyon mean? Destroyer. If Satan and his one-third demonic angels were cast to the earth, a place that God created to be beautiful and perfect, what is the possibility they destroyed that environment? Yeah, pretty good, right? If that's what happened. Correct, correct, okay? Let me ask you this. What was, what was the serpent doing on the face of the earth? What was Satan doing on the earth? But he was, he was able to talk to Adam and Eve. Okay, so he was, he was certainly in their dimension. Well, I think, okay, so here's the theory I'm not presenting this to you as gospel. So don't go out and say, oh, you won't believe what Steve taught there last Wednesday night, I'll tell you. If this, and there are a lot of people do ascribe to this theory, okay? If Satan was, and his angels were cast to the earth, the earth was created at some point in time that we don't know about, and that that was Satan's assigned place, because he was cast out of heaven, and the earth became vanity. The earth became formless or destroyed because of the evil, the darkness that Satan brought into this world, okay? Because darkness comes from Satan. It does not come from God. If the earth was... If darkness was over the surface of the deep, and if Satan was on the earth then Satan caused the darkness. Now, so what happened during the seven days? Okay, this is theory again, okay? God remodeled the earth, okay? God remodeled the earth, all right? Satan and his minions were responsible for the darkness, the destruction, the vanity, the emptiness, the chaos, and God had to remodel the earth because he was going to create man. Why was he going to create man? Why did God have to do any of this? Let's think about that for just a minute, okay? Okay? But, but God is perfect. So, Bob, does God need anything? Okay? God doesn't need anything. Does God need you? No. God need me? No. Now, I don't think that's one of the qualities of God, okay? Think about this for just a minute. Now, I, I, again, I'm theorizing here, and I think that the theorizing has some um, validity. What does it say God is in the epistles of John? God is love, isn't he? God is love. Now, let me ask you something about love. Love does what? Love gives, doesn't it? Yeah, love gives. So if God is love, I would think that one of his needs, okay, would be to give love, all right? I, I, I'm being facetious when I say that God needs to give love, but yeah, give life and life being love. Now, Yeah, so now, Satan, being cast out of heaven, comes before God and says, how can a loving God judge me like this? Have you ever heard anybody say that? 
How can a loving God send people to hell? Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. That's what it says in the gospel. Mankind is the one that sends themselves to hell by not receiving the gracious pardon that God gives and offers to each one. Now, so if Satan says to God, you're not a loving God, you're not being fair, you've cast me down to earth, out of heaven, just because I was being a little prideful, right? How does God prove that he is fair? Create man and give him a choice. That's exactly right. Now, think about this. If you're, let, let's say that we were uh, sitting there in the presence of God when Satan is making his argument, right? If you're a loving God, how the heck could you punish me like this? How could you prepare hell and blah, 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 blah? And God says, tell you what I'm going to do, Satan, old boy. I am going to create a creation, I'm going to call a man, that is on a lower level than the angels, intellectually, power, etc., right? And I'm going to give him free will. And if he chooses of his own free will to follow me, then I'm being fair in judging you for not following me. Okay, so mankind, in essence, is the answer to the angelic conflict. Okay, so God creates Adam and Eve, okay, gives them free will, and says this, listen, I've created this beautiful, beautiful territory for you. This may be the same territory that God pr has promised the nation of Israel, the, the, from the Euphrates all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. That may have been the Garden of Eden, okay? And he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I, I want you to enjoy it, take care of it, eat from the trees. I created the fruit trees for you, etc. There's only one thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to eat of that tree. And God puts it in the middle of the garden. It wasn't at one end of the garden where you had to walk and go, oh, no, it was in the middle of the garden where they could watch and see and etc. Now, what happened? God gave them a command, okay, an order. Don't eat of that tree because dying, you will surely die. Two deaths. Dying, you will surely die. Well, so then Satan, you know, thinking, well, hmm, maybe, just maybe, I can tempt these people to disobey God, and then I can have my own kingdom, my own subjects, etc., etc., et And so what does he do? He tempts them. The only tree, the only only one that God says don't eat of the fruit. You got hundreds of trees. You got apple trees, fruit trees, this tree, that tree, and you can bet they were delicious. They didn't have no, they, everything was organic then. Right? And what did they do is they ate. They disobeyed God. And Eve was deceived into disobeying God, but Adam disobeyed God up front, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. already had the solution. So let's, let's, let's play on that for a minute, okay? 
God is love. God wants to give His love to a peoples, a creation. Angels have free will. I would assume that God loves His angels, wouldn't you? Okay. Um, God creates man. God loves man. But God knew that man was going to sin. So God, in His intelligent ways, made a provision under grace that man could be redeemed from his sin, thus proving to Satan that even a lower creation that makes a mistake can be redeemed from that mistake through grace. Now, unfortunately for the demonic angels, they apparently don't have the same salvation that we do because it says that they they look, they want to look into our salvation. They want to understand what grace is. They don't experience salvation. They're either saved or unsaved. They're either good angels or bad angels. They're either in heaven or they're going to hell. One of the two, one of the three. Yes. So let yes. But you have to understand, and this is hard to understand. Now listen. Satan is a deceiver, is he not? He is also deceived. Yes. He is so deceived that he thinks he can fight against God and win. That's how deceived Satan is. Yeah. He is self-deluded. His arrogance and his pride has, have deceived him, his own self, to the point where, I mean, have you ever met a habitual liar? Yeah. They don't even recognize that they're habitual liars. To, uh, they get to a point where their lies, they think... They believe their own lies. Yeah. Satan believes his own press. He looks, he, I'm sure he knows the Bible well. He's very intelligent. And I'm sure he looks at this thing in, in Revelation and goes, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. I'm going to prove him wrong. Right. So, I have given you a scenario, okay, of what could happen or what the, the catastrophe that could have happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, okay? Is that would be the rebellion and fall of Satan, him being cast to the earth, the earth being destroyed by darkness and evil, and God having to recreate, if you will, or remodel the earth in seven days, Actually, six days, with the seventh day being a day of rest. Now, what's another theory? Well, another theory is that God created the universe and that for some reason the earth was in this state of darkness and, and God fixed it up with the plants, the animals, etc. Okay? Let me give you another theory, okay? First of all, why would the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, be hovering or trying to incubate the earth? Hovering over the waters. When a hen incubates the eggs, what is she giving the eggs? Warmth. Warmth. Okay? Right. Now, okay, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to lay another one on you. Are you guys ready for this? You got your seatbelts on? 
Okay. Supposing that the earth was tohu wabohu, which means empty in a state of chaos, and it was encased by water. We know that there's water, right? We know that there's water. Supposing it was ice. Supposing it was ice. Supposing that was what we call the ice age. Supposing, I'm just supposing now, okay? Don't take this as gospel, I'll smack you if you do. Okay? My pastor said he was going to smack me. Okay. Now, we've had the carbon dating of various things. And carbon dating is actually has actually proved to be fairly accurate, at least if you don't go back too far. Now, if you're going to go back a bazillion years, I don't think there's anything that mankind has, has invented that can tell you, oh, that's a, a 2,400,938 days old. No. Huh? On a Tuesday. Yeah. It's just a guess at that point. But when they carbon date things, they can carbon date things back to the time of Christ, get it pretty close, blah, blah, blah. Now, supposing, and so what has been, Digger? Okay, okay. So let's just suppose, okay, that the universe was created longer than 6,000 years ago, okay? It was created in the beginning, which had no beginning, right? And the earth was made empty and formless and dark because of Satan being cast to it. Would that explain some of the old earth theories that scientists have come up with? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Okay. Would that explain why they would say, well, wh what about the dinosaurs? What about this? What about that? Did God create the earth with plant life and animal life before the angels were cast down to the earth? And when Satan was cast to the earth, he destroyed the plant life, the animal life, etc. And God had to recreate, if you will, or remodel the earth. Now that is a theory that is held by a lot of intelligent commentators. All right? There are other theories, the young earth theory, which says that the earth is what? Roughly about 6,000 years old. Some... How many? Okay. So, and, and, and you know, the, um, the Jews, have, and not only the Jews, but other Bible expositors have used the table of genealogy that we see in Genesis to try to backtrack and figure out how old the earth is. Now, the problem with that is we don't necessarily know all of the genealogies of everybody. Okay, so there could be something that they missed in there. And if you miss, you know, several genies, back then people were living for a thousand years. You'd only have to miss very little to add three or four or five thousand years to something, right? So, in the beginning, God created, okay, the heavens and the earth. That's the universe. But the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, you're going to have to decide why. You're going to have to decide in your own mind what you consider the beginning to be. Okay, And some of these things 
we will probably never know until we get to heaven. Maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, so, so listen to me now. This is not religion 101, okay? This is Bible study 405 or something because this is stuff that you really are not going to hear preached out of the pulpit. Why? Well, number one, most teachers are not familiar with this stuff. And number two, they're probably scared to, to, to say, well, it could be like this. I'm telling you that this is a theory and a pretty good one. Do I believe it? Yeah, I mean, I believe that it's very plausible. It's very plausible. Would I teach it as being gospel? Probably not. Okay, why? Well, because I don't know for sure. I mean, who does? I don't know for sure. God does. So, there's the first two verses. Wow, we're really making some progress. Yeah. Well, it says that the whole world groans together. Groans. The world is groaning. Yeah, now think about this for just a minute. We haven't got to the flood. The flood's in Genesis 6, right? But we're already talking about waters here. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we've got waters. Now, where did those waters come from? How did they affect the earth? Were they swirling? Were they what? what? Were they frozen? Were they not frozen? Um, so there's, this is a, yeah, this is a lot of stuff that we just plainly don't know. And I hope God has theater seats in heaven with the video of all this so that we can have some popcorn and not get fat and watch this, right? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, so, you know, and, and I will tell you this, okay? The book of Genesis, in, in particular, has many things that we don't understand, okay? It, has, it gives us snippets, bits and pieces, little tastes of this and that that we can theorize about. When we get into chapter 6, we're going to be talking about giants, Big giants, big guys. Google Nephilim on your uh, computer and it'll kind of blow your mind, okay? So Genesis is so very interesting, as is the whole uh, Old, Old Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a journey starting at creation and just exploring the different theories and the different things, and, and if it's something that we know for a fact is true, then we'll, 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 we'll go with it as being true, okay? We know for a fact that in six days, God created or recreated the earth, okay? Six, I, I'm thinking it's six literal days, right? So there's certain things that we can glean out of this that we can pretty much stand on. And there's other things that we just kind of have to chew on, put on the upper shelf of the closet and say, boy, Lord, I hope I get to understand that someday, you know, because that's pretty interesting. So that's my story for today. Yes. Hold on. Okay, so let's go to, okay, so let's go to, um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, give you some scriptures. We still got five minutes. You guys okay with this? Five more minutes. All right. So 
let's keep that in mind, okay, Rose? Go with me to uh, Job 33.4, okay? Job 33.4. Uh, she, she gave me a scripture that we're going to read in a minute, okay? Job 33.4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Okay? Now go with me uh, to Psalm 104.30. Psalm 104.30. And I might be skipping around here too. Psalm 104.30 says, When you send your Spirit... They are created, and you renew the face of the earth. You renew the face of the earth. Let me give you some more, because these are, these are so interesting. Let me see. I've got to find them first. Hold on. Um, oh, yeah. Try Psalm 19.1. Okay? Psalm 19.1. It says this. And I could read these two if you don't want to turn to them. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language. 